Welcome, folks, to our last segment of episode 10 of Bayjack and Brown Hoops Up and Down podcast. It is September the 3rd, 2020. Happy Thirsty Thursday. Welcome back in, Bob Bayjack. How you guys doing? We're doing fantastic, Bob. We've got some good responses from your um, from our previous poll from the second segment. Uh, I remember we were doing these subplots whether it was a better seven-game series between Houston and OKC, or if the listeners preferred the subplots of, you know, kind of the inner the inner matchups with, you know, Russell Westbrook, if it would have been normal circumstances returning to Houston, or Chris Paul returning to the uh, OKC. Remember, viewers, you can listen to us on anchor.fm.com. Uh, type in anchor.fm slash Bajek dash Brown. That's B A J E K dash B R O W N. You can also listen to us on the platforms of Spotify and any other Google platform, which would be Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. But Bob, we have our guests that join our line. Uh, we have uh, two special guests out of the Denver, Colorado area, uh, originally from Council Bus, Iowa. Uh, two guys that who have just had a career in basketball and just a plethora of knowledge. Uh, we'd like to welcome listeners, welcome Dennis and now Brockman to the Bayshack and Brown Hoops Up and Down podcast. How you doing now, Dennis? Pretty good, man. Doing well, Diaz. How about yourself? Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely, guys. Fantastic. And, Bob, I know, I know you wanted to uh, discuss more. I know you want to get to know our guests more. We spoke previously off the air. Bob, I'll let you go ahead and take over. Uh, Dennis, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, you played back in the 70s and 80s, uh, high school basketball and some YMCA basketball. Can you tell us which position you played for which school and um, I guess what type of basketball you did? Mid-60s on up till about, oh, till I played till I was about 60. I started out, you know, back in the day. I was 6'2". I started out as a forward, and uh, when I was done playing, I was a small guard, you know what I mean? People just got bigger and better and uh, more athletic, you know what I mean? Better nutrition and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, it uh, in the 60s, uh, I played without a shot clock, and uh, obviously no three-point ranges, so it was a, it was a different game. Uh, more physical, I think, and uh, like that. I guess what kind of changes did you have to do? Because you said you've uh, played until about 60. What, what kind of changes did you do to your game to still be competitive? Well, like I said, I started out as a, like a small four. One of the things I had to dribble better, you know. Uh, back in the day with your coaches, uh, you usually didn't dribble more than two or three, maybe four dribbles, and you were get rid of the ball and stuff, you know. Uh, and then uh, along came Tim Hardaway and the crossover, and it kind of, <laughs> it kind of changed the uh, kind of changed the game. So uh, that was one of the things that I had to adjust to is uh, you know, and along with the, you know, everything else, the shot clock and the three point range. I I never did wind up shooting three pointers, you know what I mean? Because that uh, I never started out learning that. So. And how did you introduce basketball to your son? Oh, about two years old, he picked up one of those <laughs> basketballs and then one of them plastic things, and 
he was just going to town and stuff, you know. So I think <laughs> it's a matter of him just uh, watching what I did and wanting to wanting to do some of that stuff and and that, you know. Uh, there wasn't really, you know, he could have done anything he wanted. Uh, he's also into skateboarding and he was into baseball for a while and stuff like that. But uh, basketball just came, I think, because I did it so much, you know. Bob, can I, can I interject one question for Dennis? Yeah. Now, then I don't know if you remember, because I know Dennis gave me the privilege of playing on a few of the uh, – I explained to Bob before, guys, kind of about how the YMCA worked in the summer and the winter leagues. Dennis, do you remember about how many championships you won at the YMCA league? Oh, Lord, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Too many. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I was going crazy. <laughs> we uh, played in the uh, – I played in the uh, city Omaha City League and in the Council Bluff City League before the YMCA. And back wow. in the day, back in the day, they only took you would have e each little uh, junior high or high school would have a league going one night, and only the top two teams, the first and second teams, would go to the uh, tournaments and stuff. So you had to finish, you know, in first or second in your little uh, league, and then you would be in the uh, citywide tournament and stuff like that. But I don't know. Uh, it, it was quite. It, it it was more. It was fun. But as you get older, I think the uh, the it's more about just being able to still do it than getting the championships because you 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 lose your skills. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dennis, what did you have to do? Because you said you were playing in your 40s and 50s, even up to 60 um, competitive basketball. Like, what did you have to do to your body to still play, especially for? Um, the older hoopers who still want to be competitive. Like what did you do to try to stay healthy? Yeah, literally you just can't, you can't just go out and do it. You know what I mean? I, uh, I worked out probably, you know, an hour, hour and a half a day just making sure I was uh, stretching and, and keeping my strength up and stuff like that. But as, as you grow older, you know, you still diminish, so you have to adjust. But yeah, yeah, I can't think of daily. I, there wasn't probably. Um, I think we, I, Bob, if you wait one second, I think maybe their uh, their line may have dropped. So we'll we'll go ahead and wait for them to reconnect just for this one moment. I, I guess can you tell our, our listeners a little bit, Theus, how you met this father and son duo? Yes, absolutely. Oh, uh, yeah. So, you know, they are, Bob, they are lifelong friends of mine. Um, I befriend me and now are, are about the same age. And, you know, along with going, you know, that was my kind of place to go in Council Plus and in Omaha, especially in the wintertime, like in Chicago and other places where it gets very cold. You got to go indoors to play. Uh, so Dennis was always kind of like a, you know, one of those guys, like a guy that was there every day, a regular. Uh, they played noon ball. I think it was Monday seemed to be like it was Monday, Thursday, and sometimes Friday. The guys would play from like noon to two or three o'clock. And Dennis was always unique. You know, he was a, a gentleman that was always kind, always was encouraging uh, to the younger players, especially with them getting and encouraging them to play with the older guys, you know, kind of develop. If you're in junior high, you know, you would step up to try to see how good you were to play with the older crowd during the, the summertime and winter. Welcome back now. And Dennis, um, Bob had asked me a question about how I was introduced to you guys. And uh, Dennis was always a guy that was encouraging to the younger players uh, during those games. Uh, would always encourage us along with a lot of the other guys, Jeff Rasmussen and Kevin White, you know, kind of to play the right way. 
uh, when you're younger, sometimes you have a tendency to, you know, be shot happy, take a lot of shots. Uh, I took all the three pointers for Dennis that he didn't want to take. Sometimes good ones, sometimes <laughs> some bad true. ones. That's true. I, I would I, I would yeah. chuck it up a lot, but uh, <laughs> you know um, th- that's what I would do. But and um, and we appreciate Matt Wells also in DeKalb listening. We appreciate Matt's uh, coming in for us. But yeah, that's pretty much our relationship, and it grew t- to a friendship. Uh, Dennis was almost you know like a father figure to me many times, and inviting me into their home. Uh, you know, and, and during hard times in my life and different things like that. And just always a good crew to go by and just, you know, watch a playoff game with or, you know, if it was, uh, you know, back in town for something like that, we'd always, you know, just get together and talk hoops and, you know, watch the local games and talk about the good times. So, but now, Bob, go ahead, Dennis, and uh, now we're back on the line. I got you. Well, Niall, I had a question for you. So your dad, you know, he was competitive in basketball and uh, you kind of looked up to him. like, when you were a little kid, what was it like to see your father play? And maybe what were some of the things he taught you about the game? It was, you know, it was really, it was really cool, man. On, uh, on Sunday mornings or, uh, any, almost any day, any day of the week, man, uh, he would have, uh, games in Omaha at, at nights when he wasn't over in Omaha, when he wasn't working in the evenings in different leagues, he would have, uh, obviously the Sunday league every morning, uh, for bright, 30 years straight um so i would go you know i would go shoot every time uh just go shoot every time you know in between timeouts and just go from there and like you know every once in a while the older i got about nine ten years old you know people stop showing up for whatever reason for the game or emergencies happen so they need a sub and i'm the only one there you know and then the next thing you know they're some people are cool with it. I'm playing. Some people are really pissed, you know, that a little kid's playing. And then <laughs> now, you know, kids are playing all the time up in leagues and stuff. So it just it just kind of grew from there. I uh, I just met a lot of people and uh, um, experienced a lot. Grew a lot up on the court. Uh, a, a lot, man. I just I just had a lot of experiences thanks to him, man. I met a lot of cool people. Uh, uh, had a lot of uh, good and bad times on the court. I can say, you know. How did playing against adults help your game when you were a kid? Oh man, it really, it really took it to another level, man. It really makes you appreciate the game when you're young. You just everybody wants to wants to dunk or cross over or hit a half court shot, and that, that's all it is. Whatever, whatever one goes, you want to do. Whether it's block a shot or dunk. One of the things that I tried to teach Nile was uh, how do you make your teammates better. You know, if, if you're playing even in a pickup game, you know, you don't have to chuck it up 30 times, you know, to get to 10 points. You know, how, how, do, you, how do you take the people that you've got on your team and win, you know, or play good basketball? That was one of the things I tried to teach, you know. I just used to love – I just love watching uh, point guards. I love the way uh, they just handled the ball. I love I, – the ball was so big being young, you know, trying to dribble, but, like, it was so cool to watch, like, you know, Mac Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, you know, just handle that rock like it was, you know, just on a string, you know. And, and Theus was telling me that your game is kind of like Rafer Austin and Rod Strickland, kind of like that. Like, what what was it about them that made you want to kind of emulate their style? What, what's crazy is I honestly didn't know who Rafer Austin was. Uh, Theus, Theus uh, uh, 
put me on to the N one mixtape. I actually didn't know he was in the NBA or anything, but uh, I just always was a point. I always had a ball basketball in my hands growing up, dribbling everywhere. But I always pass. That was my favorite thing to do was to dribble but pass. So I just uh, I, I guess I was always fun to play with because I was always looking for the pass. And his dad took a lot of shots. And he had, <laughs> had a lot of fun. He loved to shoot, man. So it was just, it was just easy chemistry, you know. We know that Iowa and Nebraska, that's that's big football country. But it, kind of in the Council Bluffs, Omaha area, you know, there, there's it's a small basketball hotbed with some really good players in high school and college. Were there, like, any players that you guys knew that you looked up to or maybe competed against and maybe give some love to that area? Oh, definitely. Um, I would say uh, Jason Isaacson. Uh, the Ronnie head coach Al- of Abraham Lincoln right now. Yeah, uh, Ronnie Alexander, um, Isaiah Parks, Quincy Parks, um, Kevin White. Larry Hansen. Larry Hansen, Kevin Freeman. Neil Askew, shout out to Neil Askew, the be- one of the best to ever do it. Yep. There's so many. Uh, Jimmy Chris. Uh, Kyle Miller, or the best shooter I've ever seen. Yep. You know, and before, back in the 60s uh, and 70s, when I was going to high school in the, in the late 60s, um, there really wasn't that many um, talented ball players. And really? so when, when they would come, they would, they would seem to leave. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Ronnie Lester was at Iowa, but then uh, Lute Olson took off, you know, and then they had. Uh, rest in uh, peace, Lute Olson, rest in peace. Yeah. yeah and so, so um, what I, and, and, and Nebraska had Joe Slippery Cipriano, Joe Cipriano for their coach forever. And they were just marginal as far as but I mean, they still like you said. They still had some good individual ball players, you know. I, I think Dennis and now I was kind of like when I was coming up and when I was really young in elementary school, that was kind of like a little a mini golden era because uh, Dr. Tom was still at University of Iowa, and he had yeah. a, he had our local product Andre Woolridge from Benton High School, along with uh, Chris Kingsbury, Jeff Settles, and then you know down the road guys at Iowa State. That's when Fred Hoiberg. Who's the coach in Nebraska? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and 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 it, it just took a long time, I think. Yeah, yeah. At, at, at those... And I, I thought it was I thought it was always like that, guys, because when I when I was really young, you know, of course, Nebraska had the guards. They had Teron Lou, Eric Strickland. Shout out to Bruce Chubbuck. We didn't mention Bruce Chubbuck Jr. from Council Bluffs, but all the local teams that I'm saying were pretty stacked, and they were making the tournament every year. So I thought that's how it always was. I remember Ralston uh, being really good. I remember Papio South, the Monarchs, being really decent with their guards. Um, I also remember uh, – I remember the Micah tournament, Hoop It Up, having a big, big bringing back then. Competition was really, really intense. Everybody looked forward to that all year round. And that was a huge tournament. Nothing. Yeah. Well, in the summertime, uh, the downtown YMCA used to have a really good league where all the local – uh, people would play. The UNO tournament was hard as well. Yeah, and uh, Dennis was at that uh, the Howard the Howard Street Y on Howard. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the uh, I played against some guys like Benoit Benjamin and Aaron Ooh. Boone. 
uh, Jerron Boone's dad. But and, but Brock Aaron Boone played professional baseball too, right? Yeah, yeah. And he was a professional baseball and Ron Boone from the ABA, right? Yeah, Ron Boone was uh, yeah he was one of the toughest guys I ever played against. He was just a vicious defender. I think he had some record about the longevity of you know the Iron Man in the ABA or something like that. But yeah, Dennis, uh, he had the record before uh, AC Green broke. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. But he was a pretty tough tough ball player and stuff. But anyway, that that city league in the summer was pretty tough. Uh, and, Bob, uh, can, they, can I give Dennis some names, Bob? Is that okay if I throw names at him? Oh, go ahead. I'm trying to throw. I was just trying to think in my head, uh, Brock. I was thinking about like guys. You, did you did you have a chance to ever play with against like Mike McGee? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he went to Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Those, but but back in the day, you didn't even think about who you were playing against. It was just five guys. You know what I mean? And yeah. nobody had a name or really a, a big reputation at the time. You know what I mean? And and so you just wound up playing against them, you know? Yeah. yeah. To our to our listeners out there, Mike McGee was a local guy that played it, like Dennis said, at Michigan. Uh, he went yeah. on to win two NBA championships with the Showtime Lakers with Magic and Kareem. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, solid ball players, man. I mean, you, they just would, you know, they could do so many things, you know, and, and yeah. Dennis, can I give you, can I give you a Bob Boozer? <laughs> yeah, that's not, not Carlos Boozer, Bob Boozer. Bob Boozer is a little bit before my time, but I, <laughs> okay. I heard about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you me ancient now, dude. I'm 71. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Bob Boozer. Uh, uh, and uh, I'll tell you another guy, the, uh, um, the pitcher uh, for uh, St. Louis, Bob Gibson. Ooh. Know? Yeah, they were. Yeah, there's some really. He good played guys. for Creighton, right, uh, Dennis? Right. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm sorry to age out to our listeners that on Anchor.fm, Bob Boozer was. I've argued with people, Dennis, and I, I've you know, Bob Boozer. I, I think he's the most decorated because he was the number one pick in the draft. Uh, Bob. Right. Uh, he went yeah. to Kansas State, right? And he was. He was. He, he was the, very, very consistent for so long. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it was. It, yeah, he was. And Dennis, am I wrong? Did he go to Kansas State or Kansas? I think Kansas State. Uh, I think he went to Kansas State. Yeah, yeah. and Bobby, he was a number one. He ended up winning a ring with the Milwaukee Bucks and uh, Kareem. Back, back when Kareem, when they when they pulled Oscar Robertson off the Cincinnati Royals bench and traded him to the Milwaukee Bucks, that's when Kareem won his first one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And that's so. I think Bob Boozer, he may not be the. And it, he actually, Bob, he made the All Star game with the Bulls. I don't, I don't know what year, but it was like 1967 or 68. He did make an All-Star yeah, game that was, in that Chicago. Was towards the end of his career, I believe. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah. If I remember right, my, my again, <laughs> memory, memory goes. You know what I mean. <laughs> You're, but you, you, you know more than what we've. You've forgotten more than what we know, Dennis. So, uh, Bob, go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off. But go ahead. I'll let you go ahead, Bob. Though. I just want to give Dennis those names. <laughs> I don't think I've asked you gentlemen this, but can you please tell our listeners um, the high school and or colleges you went to where you played and maybe what numbers you wore and um, maybe just what it was like just to play at those levels? All right. Well, all right. My story is a little bit different. Uh, uh, when I got out of high school, I toured around the country back in the day. Uh, they used to do, they'd play little town teams and little town teams would have their own little group and you'd go and we'd be 
we'd have six or seven or eight guys and we just tour around and play these little town teams because there was no TV, there was no internet, you know, so that's how the entertainment was. Um, I wore number 19 and I, and uh, my favorite player was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for a lot of reasons, for some of his uh, civil rights stances back when he was just coming out. He had a lot to lose and uh, anyway, but I wore number 19 because I really respected Willis Reed when he came out injured and played in the seventh game of the uh, uh, championships against uh, uh, the Lakers. And um, uh, so, you know, it, 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 it was, uh, it was interesting. I went to, uh, went to Northwest Missouri state and I went to UNO and I went to uh, Iowa Western, but uh, I didn't play in any of the, uh, uh, in any of their uh, deals because I had already toured before when I was in L. I, uh, uh, me myself, I went to uh, Abraham Lincoln High School. <clears throat> I, uh, of course, my favorite player was always Jordan. Uh, my second favorite player was Kevin Garnett. Third was Steve Francis. So I either tried to get uh, 21 or three. I knew I couldn't get 23. Everybody wanted 23. Usually the <laughs> Coaches wouldn't even let you have 23. <laughs> they just retired so, the number. And usually the guards would have to have the lower numbers because they were smaller jerseys. So I would usually just try and get three for Francis. I like that he was a walk-on at Maryland and that both of his parents were committed to uh, – or addicted to heroin. I just thought that that story was just insane. And just the way he played college ball just made me really like, really like him before he was ever at Houston Rocket or anything he ever did for the Rockets. I liked watching him for Maryland. Unfortunately, I didn't take high school seriously. I uh, was academically ineligible almost my entire high school career. I did go to uh, Thomas Jefferson as a junior, um, but I did not play much at all there. Um, I play. I'm, I'm gonna interject for him though. He he played enough. He's a playground legend. I I will give you that, Bob. And it, everybody knows if you played now, Brock, he probably put you on a highlight tape. <laughs> he he may have not had the accolades on the hardwood, but Brockman is right there as a street ball legend, including myself. I I've been caught in many highlights. I'm, thank God there was no YouTube then, because I'd have been on plenty of the mixtapes looking looking <laughs> getting embarrassed. I appreciate you, this, man. But I love I love playing, man. Um. Any, any type of ball, man, whether it's street ball, whether it's uh, whether it's high school ball, you know, I, I could play anything I could. Uh, people told me I, I was uh, I could play college ball. I always used to think of myself as a really small kid, but uh, uh, I was I was I was decent. Uh, I should I should have really hit the books, but uh, you know, I uh, I liked uh, I liked running with anybody, man. I I, I liked. Uh, I like talking the trash out there and just getting down. <laughs> that's one thing that's uh, kind of different from, from now and back when I played is you just didn't talk. Not very many people talk trash back in my day. Yeah, I was I was kind of a trash talker, but it was nothing nothing too serious. But you know how it is. And now, how tall are you? Because your father's six two. How how tall are you? Uh, I'm probably about five, five eleven. Okay. So you're about the same size as Steve Francis, because I mean he was about six foot, maybe five eleven. So, right, right, right. And it, when when you were going to high school, reasons. when you were going to high school, was that like on the on the Omaha side or the Council Bluff side? Uh, Council Bluff side, Council Bluff side. I uh, played in a lot of Omaha leagues, but not not so much in high. Like once you hit the high school level, it's so hard to find leagues other than just like a tournament here or there. But um, you played with me. 
um, other than like AAU. But I was just mostly just playing with uh, older cats, you know. Once I was like ineligible, I would just play wherever I could. Have Have either of you guys been doing any coaching? No, I haven't myself. You know, recently I haven't been following basketball as much. I I I, I hate to say that, but not because I don't love the game. I didn't really like the whole super team aspect that's kind of going sure. on right now. But I still love the game. You know what I mean? Was there something you didn't like about the super team? Well, I just like I just I just like a more wide uh, variety of everybody having a shot, you know. Bob, may I ask Dennis a question in, that, in the super team now? Yeah. And Dennis, do do you think kind of I think that you know now the media, like Bob said, with Golden State, but Dennis, do you think back in the day that the teams were kind of constructing the super teams, but through the draft, like? The Boston Celtics, they drafted Larry Bird. They yeah, drafted. I think that's how I think that's how they did it. You know, yeah. back in the day, because one, there were there were fewer teams, so you had a better pick of talent. I think you know what yes. I mean. You could develop it. Um, now they have the D League and all that stuff and, and and things like that. But but I really believe that if 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 the the if the effort is there for, for getting it organized, then you can have people that'll do it. You know, I mean, it, it, it just takes, that's one of the biggest things. It takes so much effort just to organize keep on going. That's why I think people drop out at different times in their lives. There's just, you know, you, you, you play sports and you enjoy it. And then at some point, other things just, you know, kind of get in the way, you know. I know, Dennis, you were talking a little bit about how you admired Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for his stance on civil rights. And right now, as you and I know, um, in sports and in the NBA particularly, they're trying to support um, Black Lives Matter having change, positive change from systemic race, trying trying to have a more just society. Um, Can you just tell us the importance, especially for um, our white brothers and sisters out there to understand how important it is to be an ally and anti-racist these days. Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Niall is a mixed race, and so when I married his mom back in the 70s, um, there was, um, let's say, some opposition to it. Let's just leave it at that. And you, you deal with it at the time. But, you know, today it's important that people not be afraid and they just, you know, think for themselves and that they, they embrace diversity instead of, you know, you, you can't be afraid of different people. Just, you, you just can't, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, and, and sports, I think helps that. I really do. I think sports helps you um, learn about other people. You know what I mean? I think that's important. Uh, and, and you need to support. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you're maybe a white, 18 year old who's lived in the suburbs all his life, you can still support Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, they're not any important, more important than anybody else, but they're important too, you know. Now, what's your thoughts about the movement right now? Um, you know, I, I, I agree with, with, with what Brock said. I think that um, for younger generations, um, I know it's got to be the scariest one of the scariest times right now to be raising a child. Um, but I do think that, um, 
you really got to take it into your, your own hands. Um, I know it's probably hard to get your, your child into athletics or something right now with COVID and all that is going on right now. But, um, I do think sports, um, in general, um, show you that, um, it's not about skin color. It's not about race or religion. It's just all about how you want to be treated. I mean, you should treat people with respect. You should treat people the way you want to be treated. You know, if you, if it's, if it's a custom or a, something that you're not used to, it doesn't make it wrong just because, but I also think that just because I disagree with a lot of people on social media or whatever, I don't, I don't block them. I don't, I don't think that the way that they think is wrong. I might not agree with it, but maybe the way I think is wrong too, you know? So, um, every, everybody needs to have an open mind. That's the way I feel. I'm glad you can learn from, from, from anybody. I just want to see that the athletes are finally taking a stand and, and, and showing that they, they, they can bring uh, the spotlight on some injustice and stuff and that they're standing up for that. Back in the day, you didn't dare do that to corporate America. You know what I mean? You just, you know, and I'm glad, I'm glad to see that they're, they're standing up and speaking out. You know, that's important, I think. And as our listeners know, and you, uh, you gentlemen know that it's it's interesting that some people say shut up and dribble or that sports shouldn't be political, but then you have our president or Josh Howley, who's the senator from Missouri, interjecting on what the NBA or other sports are doing. So then they're the ones actually actively politicizing this, and they're also in office right now. Right, and Charlie Kirk, who who said, I'm never going to watch the NBA again, and they don't understand what they're protesting. But if you listen to his comments, he's not even watching the league, or it's it's kind of like a subtle racism where he's denigrating them just because they're different than him. Right, and and, and I, I, uh, I do disagree. I do think that sports has been political for, for a long, long time. Take a look at Jesse Owens when he went over there into the 1934 uh, uh, Olympics and, and, you know, pissed off Hitler by winning all, you know, and, uh, uh, the 1968 when, uh, when they raised their fist, you know, uh, and, uh, so I, I think it's always been political. I just think that now there's a, there's a broader social basis that you can share that with and more, you know, the podcasts and everybody, everybody's got an opinion. That's cool. You know? Uh, yeah. Folks, we thank you again. for. I just want to get our, our listeners out there again. We appreciate you. We have uh, Dennis and now Brockman uh, live with us from Denver, Colorado. Again, we thank you for tuning in on anchor.fm backslash Bajak Brown, also on Spotify. Uh, and we appreciate you guys, you know, leaving your comments in the viewer messages, also on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we had one uh, viewer question come in, uh, Bob. They said, what was your, for Dennis and now, See, they said, what well, kind of was your favorite move or your go-to move when you played? Yeah, mine was the fadeaway jump shot, yeah. And, Dennis, I tried to explain that to Bob about, you know, because you had a <laughs> – like, man, you both had a unique form. <laughs> Uh-oh. I wasn't going there because I had the weirdest form ever, but I was trying to explain to Bob it was kind of like Larry Bird-esque or, like, world be free because you kind of took the ball behind your head. And it was really unblockable, like Kareem Styles. Yeah, and the only reason I did that is because I didn't have the hops to jump over people. But uh, yeah, that was my favorite. 
that was my favorite move, my fadeaway jump shot. Now, like I said, I took a lot of shots over my career. So that was mine. What was yours, son? My my favorite piece was just the fake cross, go right, blow by you right. That was my favorite. I would either fake, I would either cross you once and get you get you thinking I'm going to cross you every time and, or just blow by you right and then you just – you just yeah, I, so far, and I'll just go left every time. You know what and I mean? To, and to our listeners, trust me, there's many times, many people in that uh, Y League have run into each other, fell down, fell out of bounds, trying to guard now Brockman. And, again, yours truly was victim of that probably a thousand times. Thank God there was no social media. <laughs> hey, Tim uh, and Bob, we really appreciate you, you calling us up. and uh, Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And, Bob, did you have any closing thoughts? Anything you guys want to say, Dennis, now in closing? I'm just glad that you guys could share some wisdom with our listeners and we could learn more about basketball together. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about wisdom, but, yeah, some of those reminiscing things. It's been nothing but fun, guys. You guys are really good at what you do. Yeah. You're you're enjoyable to listen to. Yeah, we appreciate it. We appreciate the time, man. And, Dennis, now I just want to say thank you from, you know, the bottom of my heart. This has been a – this was one I got really excited about. I really wanted to have you guys on because you guys are definitely in, in the hometown, the pillars of basketball, and definitely, you know, if we had a Hall of Fame, you guys would be in it. So I, I'm so glad and thankful you guys took the time out to join. Oh, thank you so we, much. We, Anytime, we, man. Yeah, Brock, man. Brock, I got Brock, I gotta say one thing before I leave this podcast. I don't want to be uh, extradited from Council Bluffs without naming the Floyds uh, for best for Barry Floyd, Kurt Floyd. Uh, you know, and Fred, Freddie Floyd. So I know yeah, I'd be, I, play, I, I wouldn't be let home back home if I didn't name the Floyds. Yep, the Floyds. Yep, John. I, I want to get them out there and uh, Nathan Taylor too. Shout out to Nathan Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Bob, any closing thoughts? I'd also like to say uh, Gregory and Dwight were some of the best competition Ooh. I've ever come out of. Yes, sir. Out of the Omaha Council Bluffs area. And shout out to young Timmy Calabro's son. I can't remember his son, the young boy, Timmy. Jay, Timmy's son. Jade. Yeah, yeah. Jaden Cole. Yeah, bro, bro, we got to say everybody, Braylon and Braxton and uh, Desi and Jameson, everybody. Bob, any closing thoughts? I I just hope that everybody just continues listening to us. We, we enjoy your uh, investment, and we just hope that we can get some fun games to talk about next time. And I want, I want to give a final special thank you to Matthew Wells. Uh, he's listening today. He will be on our podcast pretty soon. we got an excellent feature in Matthew Wells. Uh, you know, he's also a uh, sports writer and columnist in the DeKalb area. We appreciate him and his service to the Army. And we appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to episode 10. Number 10, y'all. We made it all the way to double digits. September 3rd. This is the one-month anniversary of our podcast. So we thank you guys on anchor.fm, Brown. We thank you on Instagram, on Twitter. Thank you for Dwight Smith. Shout out, Big shout out to Dwight for his uh, – helping us grow overseas now in five countries. Folks, we look for you next week on episode 11. God bless and have a great evening. Thank you.